0: Dangerous Assignment. Transcribed, starring Brian Donnelly as Steve Mitchell.
1: Yeah, danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though, trouble, but... When I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment's going to teach me never to ask to see a knife in a shop window. You may get it in the back.
2: Morning, Commissioner. You sent for me? Steve, it looks like we've been put on the hook again. There was an attempt made in Cairo last night on the life of a prominent Egyptian political figure. Oh? How do we fit into the picture? The would-be assassin was described as an American. The word is being spread around that he was one of our agents. What? Now, look. Sure, another frame-up, Steve. The third incident in as many weeks. And the reason? We've been holding talks with the Egyptian and other Near East governments, trying to set up a program of closer cooperation. Certain interests are definitely hostile to the idea. So someone is trying to sabotage
1: those talks by stirring up public opinion against the U.S., huh?
2: Right. The target for the assassin's bullet was Ahmed Tali. He's been opposed to the talks from the start. Now, with
1: this attempt on his life, someone's made it look like we wanted to get him out of the way. Uh, Look, Commissioner, do we have any lead on this so-called American agent?
2: Yes, a shopkeeper in Cairo named Falud says he has certain information to give us if we're interested. You have a rendezvous with this Falud tomorrow afternoon at the Akhmim Marketplace in Cairo.
1: How will he know me? Do I wear a
2: geranium behind my left ear? You are to go to the bazaar of the Four Brothers. There will be a long, curved dagger with a jade handle in the window. You will ask to see it. Get over there, Steve. Find out what you can from this shopkeeper and get to the man who's trying to sabotage our talks with the Egyptian governor. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck.
0: The National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another dangerous assignment. Magnificent Musical Entertainment is yours for the listening every Monday evening on the NBC Radio Network. Listen on most NBC stations to these great programs. The Railroad Hour with singing star Gordon McRae and charming guest artists from Musicdom's Hall of Fame. The Voice of Firestone featuring Howard Barlow and the Firestone Orchestra and Chorus in the melodies you enjoy hearing. Then, the telephone hour, with the music of Donald Voorhees and the Bell Symphonic Orchestra. And then, of course, the new Dinah Shore show, NBC's new Monday night program special, starring America's favorite songbird, Miss Dinah Shore. Yes, every Monday night, listen to the best musical entertainment on this NBC station.
1: Sure, I've got my assignment. Get over to Cairo and have a chat with a shopkeeper known as Falud and see what information he can give us. It'll help us nail a gent who's been busy stirring up anti-U.S. sentiment in Egypt and the Near East. It's late Friday afternoon when my plane lands. I check in at a hotel and then hurry over to the Acme Marketplace. I finally spot the bazaar of the Four Brothers and stroll inside.
3: May I assist you, attendee?
1: Yeah. I'd like to see that dagger in the window, the one with the jade handle.
3: Ah, an excellent piece. A work of art, attendee. You collect jade. Among other things. The finest pieces of jade in all Cairo are to be found in this shop. Someone recommend you, perhaps?
1: Yeah, a friend asked me to drop in and have a look at the dagger. His name is Falud. Do you know him?
3: Ah, yes, yes. And your name, attendee?
1: Steve Mitchell. You're Falud? Yes. You have some information. What do you want for
3: it? Nothing for myself. I seek help for my son. He is in trouble and in hiding. What
1: sort of trouble?
3: With the police. Falsely accused, attendee of smuggling diamonds.
1: Look, you know we don't interfere in local affairs.
3: I only ask that after you have heard the facts. You will then make up your mind. Refuse to help if you must, but promise you will hear this story.
1: Well, I guess that's fair enough. I'll promise that, but nothing else.
3: While my son was at the university, he became involved with a certain political movement, one not of my liking. He has long since left the group, but during the time he was associated with it, he met many people. A few were agents of a foreign power. Go on. One of them was a man named Hanford, American boy.
1: He the one who tried to kill this diplomat, Ahmed, the night before last?
3: We are certain of him. My son and I were in the neighborhood at the time. We heard the shots. Saw this man running from the house, number 37, Sharia Ishab.
1: Your son recognized him?
3: Uh, Yes, the man Hanford fits the description of the would-be killer given by Davin San.
1: And just who is this Davin San?
3: Once a member of parliament, now retired, but still an influential man. It was in his home that the attempted assassination took place.
1: I gather that his political thinking is the same as this victim, Ahmed, anti-US. Huh? No,
3: no, no. Exactly opposite. Darwin's has long been a friend of your country. He has been seeking to unite the political parties in an effort to work in close cooperation with your government. That is why he called a meeting at his home. I see. My son learned that the assassin Hanford has gone to Alexandria.
1: He's in Alexandria now?
3: Yes, yes. I will take you there. When? A train leaves in two hours... Where are you staying? St.
1: George Hotel. I will call for you. I saunter out of the bazaar and move on through the marketplace. As long as I have some time on my hands, I figure it won't do any harm to have a chat with this Dobbin San. I grab a cab, and ten minutes later, I arrive at 37 Sharia Ishab. I show my credentials, and the servant ushers me into the private study where I cool my heels for another ten minutes or so. Then Dabin San shows up.
4: So sorry to keep you waiting, Mr. Mitchell. A thousand pardons. No harm done, Mr. Son. Do sit down, please. I was in conference with Dr. Marubian. He had many instructions regarding the patient. You mean Ahmed Talley is here in your house? Yes, you did not know. Though his condition is not grave, the doctor thought it would be wise if he remained here. An unfortunate affair, the incident of the other night.
1: Yeah. Most
4: unfortunate. You mind telling me about it? I had invited some friends for the evening. Including Ahmed Tali. Still a friend, Mr. Mitchell. Although we do not see eye-to-eye politically, I thought perhaps if we could all get together and talk, an understanding might be reached. Go on. It was around midnight. We were all assembled in the study here. The front doorbell rang. The servants had gone to bed, and so I answered it. What did the caller look like? Tall and slender. His manner of speech was American, he said he had an important message for Ahmed Tully. Asked if I would call him. And you did, huh? I left the two in the hall and went back to the others. A moment later, we heard a shot and rushed out. We found the front door open, Ahmed lying on the steps. There's a rumor going around that the caller was an American agent. Yes, I have heard that. But he showed no credentials, nor gave his name. I see. All right, Mr. Son.
1: Thanks a lot. I go on to my hotel and wait for my contact, Falud, from the bazaar to show. He doesn't. It's a quarter of an hour before train time now, and I decided to do something about it. I hustle back to the Ackman Marketplace. It's quiet now, dark, deserted. The bazaar is closed. I lean in, peer through the glass door, and suddenly it opens.
3: Quickly, hey, yes, Andy. Inside.
1: Hey, we were supposed to meet at my
3: hotel. I know, I know, but I was followed. Two men. I lost them not far from your hotel. It hey, Wait. There they are, Coming this
1: way, the two men. We duck out through the other door, half a dozen alleys, and a change of cabs. Later, we wind up at the railroad station. We grab the train to Alexandria, a two-hour ride. As the train pulls into the Alexandria Depot, I hop off first.
4: I beg your pardon, Mr. Mitchell? What? Yeah, I'm Mitchell. I am Lieutenant Nava, Alexandria Police. My credentials. Oh, okay, Lieutenant. What's on your mind? I shall have to ask you to accompany me to headquarters for questioning. Wait a minute. What's this all about? You called Andaban's son at his home in Cairo this afternoon, did you not? Yeah, sure. So? Some documents were stolen from his study. Documents belonging to Ahmed Tali, victim of a recent assassination attempt. We have received information that you have these documents in your possession. What? <laughs> That's crazy. Is it, Mitchell? Then why did you run from the police in Cairo less than two hours ago? The
1: police? Oh, look, I can explain that. I thought they were...
4: Hey, wait a minute. Hello,
1: hello, over here. That old man. A friend of yours, Mr. Mitchell? Yeah. We came up on the train. He can explain about those two men we ran from. So. You there.
2: Come here.
3: Yes. Yes. What is it?
2: Tell me, old man. Do you know this American?
3: No. No. I never saw this man before in my life.
1: it is. Suddenly, everything falls into place, nice and neat-like. Yeah, just as I expected. There's an envelope in my overcoat pocket, and I didn't put it there. Another first-class frame, and I'm in the middle of it, waiting in the street outside the depot, or half a dozen newspaper men, keen. This is going to get quite a spread. The loot waves them off, and we start for the police car parked close by. Just then, another car whips around the corner, and I spot a gun in the window just in time. I duck. I don't stick around to find out what happened. I sprint down a side street, make a few fast turns and wind up in somebody's cellar. I sweat out the next ten minutes and then he's out onto the street again. I recognize one of the reporters who was waiting outside the depot. He steps into a parked car. I'm right behind him. Uh, you! Yeah, me. Slide over, Buster. I'll drive. What do you want? The lieutenant. I saw him fall. Did he hurt bad?
5: Yes, badly wounded. Thanks to your friends. My friends? Oh,
1: yeah. sure. Sure.
5: We won't get far, Mitchell. The neighborhood is surrounded.
1: Sure, sure.
5: Look up ahead. A barricade across the street. So we go through it. What? What? My new car. I'll pay for the
1: bullet holes. I imagine there'll be a few, so you better get down, Buster. My beautiful new car. You can't do this. Want a bet? Down, Buster. <laughs> down.
0: Steve Mitchell will continue his
6: dangerous assignment in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Eddie Cantor. All of you have read and heard the reports of the great devastation in Texas. Time and time again, you have heard how the Red Cross has rushed men, supplies and blood to stricken areas. Wherever there is injury and suffering, the need for blood is great. And the need is always now. Thousands of Americans have made blood donations. Ask any of them... And they'll tell you that donating blood is simple, easy, almost effortless. Practically every new blood donor says, why, there's nothing to it. No, there's nothing to it. Yet that simple act this week meant the difference between life and death to victims of the Texas tornadoes. Every one of us who can should make a blood donation. So call the Red Cross or Blood Bank in your community for an appointment. Do it right away, because the injured never can wait. Tomorrow for sure, give your pint of blood. Now
0: back to Dangerous Assignment, and Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell.
5: Aye, my poor car. Relax,
1: it. Only one bullet landed, and that went right on through the front windshield. That is the trouble. It shot off the fox tail on my radiator. What a bitter blow. You'd think they might at least have yelled tally-ho. Uh, what are you going to do now? For one thing, I'm going to get to the bottom of this thing. Now, start talking and tell me
5: where you boys on the newspapers got your tip. Well, the story I heard was that Ahmed, the wounded man at Dabon San's place, wished to look over some of his papers. Dabon went to his study to get them. They were gone. So? So, Ahmed demanded to know if there had been any recent visitors. Dabin was forced to admit that you had been there shortly before. Ahmed called the police. I see. The police started looking for you to question you. Then came another tip that you could be found at the bazaar. My old pal, Falud. The police arrived there in time to see you run away. They lost you. Then, an hour ago, the captain of a fishing boat at Raben, a village up the coast, read in the evening paper of the incident, he reported to the local police that he had been hired to take a man named Mitchell out of the country. What was the skipper's name? Alex Rogers. Uh, you deny all this. Of course I do. But that attempted rescue was wounded, Lieutenant Nava. That was I... no attempted rescue. They were just
1: trying to kill me so the papers would be found on my body. But they missed. That means they'll try to get on my trail again. If I could only get my hands on that skinny neck of Falud's, I could find out from him who's behind it.
5: Oh, I do not think you will get the chance. See up ahead.
1: Ah, another roadblock. Oh, great. Looks like this is the end of the line. I jam on the brakes, get to a stop, and jump out of the car.
5: Stop! Stop! Where are you
1: The chase is on. I duck down an alley and crisscross back and forth along a few assorted side streets. Finally, I reach the marketplace and find a place to hide. Real aromatic, too. I'm the third goat from the end of the small corral, and very fitting because right now it looks like I'm really the goat in this deal, and I get an idea. If I can't get to salute, maybe I can get some information out of that fishing boat captain who was supposed to have been hired to get me out of the country. But I've got to move fast. I take off cross-country to the fishing village of Rave. Just on the outskirts, I spot a familiar sight, a
5: guy in a car. Hello. What took you so long? What are you doing here, Yavid? Waiting for you. What? Yes, I thought you would probably remember the captain of the fishing boat and try to reach him.
1: Well, well, you finally got it through your head that I'm innocent.
5: Ah, uh, not necessarily. But, innocent or guilty, I am a reporter. You need transportation, I need a story.
1: So? So, it's a deal. Let's go. In the village we head to the waterfront, there's only one bar there, so we figure that's the logical spot for information. We drift in. It's a typical diet, crowded mostly with sailors. Behind the cash register sits a sultry-looking gal who apparently owns the joint. I can see her watching us out of the corner of her eye. Pretty soon she eases over...
4: Hello. Hi.
5: You are a long way from home. Yeah. What brings you here?
1: I'm looking for someone.
5: Oh? His name is Alex Roga. He is captain of a
1: fishing boat.
3: Alex Roga? Ever hear of him? Not that I remember.
1: I figured you'd know just about everybody on the waterfront.
3: A lot of men drift in here. I can't keep track of all of them. Uh huh, I
1: guess not. Well, you have it. guess we'll have to look elsewhere. Too bad with the money we've got for Alex and whoever locates him for us. Now, well, come on.
5: Just a minute.
1: Yeah?
4: I, uh, I will remember the name. He might come in here sometime. Hmm.
1: You see, he reported he'd been hired to take somebody out of the country. We want the whole story from him and we're willing to pay for it. So if he should come in, you might tell him that, eh?
3: Maybe you had better tell him. Well? The black boat at the end of the wharf. You will find Alex on board.
1: Here's the boat. Hmm.
5: No sign of him.
1: Could be below decks. Keep it quiet. This hatch must lead down to the cabin. Yeah, come on.
6: Yeah.
2: What do you want? Alex
1: Roger? Who are you? You've been expecting me.
6: What do you mean?
1: I'm the man who's supposed to have hired you to take me out of the country. Mitchell! I'll take that gun. Let go! Let go of that gun or I'll break your wrist. There.
6: What do you want?
1: The name of the guy who hired you to say what you did. I don't know. Look, I'm in no mood for polite conversation. If I have to play rough to find out, I will. Who hired you?
5: I don't know.
1: huh, Alex? Okay, we're leaving. Move. I heard Alex up the ladder at the point of the gun. We slip around the other side of the cabin. We can hear two men climbing aboard. We wait until they go down the ladder. Then we jump onto the pier and head down the... There they go! They've spotted us. We turn a corner and I duck into a warehouse with Alex, but Yavid keeps on running. I can hear them pound after him. Suddenly Alex grabs at my gun. I give him a fist... I figure that'll keep him quiet a few minutes, so I ease outside and try to find Yabba to help him out of trouble, but he's nowhere around. I spend ten minutes looking, then I figure I'd better get back to the warehouse before Alex comes to. I walk inside, and suddenly I'm staring down the barrel of a gun.
4: At last, Mitchell. Who are you? Sergeant Pucard, the police. I've been chasing you since the last roadblock. You no doubt came back to make certain the fishing boat captain was dead. Dead? Alex? Look,
1: I only put him out for a few minutes.
4: As you will see over there, he does not give the appearance of being out for only a few minutes. Hey, a knife in his
1: back. Exactly. They must have doubled back and knifed him while I was looking for Yavid. Oh, brother, I'm really batting a thousand. My last lead gone.
5: Steve? Steve? Wait, who's that? Let's find out. Let go of my gun. Too late. Mitchell, I warn you, it will go worse than ever for you now. Steve? Holding a gun on a policeman?
1: Hello, Yavid. Look, fellas, this isn't my idea, the best way to play it, but right now I don't have time to go through channels. Yavid, that babe Sarita in the bar is obviously in with the organization.
5: So it would appear. She must have sent the men in the car after
1: us. You get a look at them? No. Okay. I want you to go back to the bar and tell her you're American friends in a hole. You? Me. You are
5: quite right.
1: Tell her I need a boat to get out of here and that I can't find Alex. Ask if she can fix me up. Then what? Send the sergeant here, and I wait to see what happens. Half an hour later, I hear steps coming along the pier. I peek out. It's Yavid. Followed by two guys. One of them is my old pal, Falud. I can't make out the other. I turn to Bukhar and hand him his gun.
3: You give me my gun?
1: Yeah. It's all yours. You can put the handcuffs on me now, or you can duck back there in the shadows and get an earful. Very well.
3: I will be over here by this crate. But I warn you, if this is another trick, I will... Yeah, yeah, I know.
1: You'll miss me around here.
3: Inside! There he is!
1: Hello, fellow. Don't move, Mitchell. Well, well, our old friend, Dobbinson.
5: Mitchell, the girl at the bar took me to her back room and turned me over to these two.
1: So you're the one behind this whole deal, Dobbinson. Quite so. Pretty neat cover. You pose as a friend of my government. You schedule talks at your house to try and convert Ahmed, who's opposed to us... You rig an attempt on his life, so we'll be blamed for it, and then you get Falud to lure me over here so he can hang this frame on me. And now to finish it off perfectly, I can deliver you to the authorities. Sorry, but I think it's going to be the other way around, Dobbin, son. A bluffer to the last, eh, Mitchell?
3: Dobbin, watch out. What? Over there, near the crate, a policeman!
1: Dobbin's shot goes wild. Falud dives for the cop and collects a slug. (laughs) Dobbin whirls and heads for the door, Ah. but I latch on with a flying tackle head hits the concrete and he's out cold.
5: Are you all right, Mitchell?
1: Yeah. You hear enough, Sergeant Bukar?
5: Right enough. And I've got my headline, Steve.
1: Good. But the next time anybody tells me they've got red-hot information for me...
5: Yes?
1: They can stuff it in an envelope and mail it to me.
0: Our star, Brian Donlevy, returns in just a moment. Variety is the spice of life, they say, and variety is what we at NBC attempt to give you each Thursday evening. Each Thursday on most NBC stations, you'll hear such entertaining programs as the Roy Rogers Show, Father Knows Best, Truth or Consequences, and the Judy Canova Show. Roy Rogers brings Western song and adventure from the Double R Bar Ranch in Paradise Valley. Then later it's time for Father Knows Best, with Robert Young in the title role. And perhaps you'll agree that the thing about which Father Knows Best is trouble. But trouble or not, there's always fun-filled listening when it's time for Robert Young to star on this station. Ralph Edwards brings you Truth or Consequences. And the action really begins when a contestant misses a question and has to pay the consequences. And Judy Canova adds to the mirth and merriment with hilarious comedy and also some songs in her own delightful style. Yes, remember this, every Thursday, listen to all of these fine shows on most NBC stations.
1: Next week, Germany. A chase. The guy in front, the guy behind, and me. In the middle again.
0: And that will be Steve Mitchell's dangerous assignment next week. Included in tonight's cast were Robert Boone, Paul Duboff, Byron Kane, Jan Arvan, and Betty Lou Gerson. This is John Storm speaking. (laughs) Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell with Herb Butterfield as the commissioner, is written by Bob Reif and Adrian John Doe, and is directed by Bill Karn. Be with us again next week at this time when Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell, will embark on another transcribed, dangerous assignment. Fridays, listen to Dinah Shore and Eddie Fisher on NBC.